Hey, so before this episode starts, I wanted to let you know that I'm running a free webinar training on how I reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers each year and generate partnership revenue through authentic brand partnerships. It may be that you're feeling really cash strapped at the moment. Maybe you're over relying on Facebook and Instagram advertising, or it could just be that your marketing strategies are no longer cutting through or working like they used to. Either way, it's absolutely time to use brand partnerships. There's never been a more necessary time to integrate this tactic into your marketing strategy because partnerships can drive both reach and revenue for your business, which is really exciting. I'm only going to do two free sessions on this. The first one's on Tuesday, the 2nd of August, and the second one is on Wednesday, the 3rd of August. One's at lunchtime, one is early morning. Um, And to register, you can do that for free via the URL bit.ly slash reach 100k or bit.ly slash reach 100k. I look forward to seeing you there. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to This Is How We Do It. We chat with brilliant marketers to delve behind the scenes of creative marketing collaborations and brand partnerships. I'm your host, Jess Rufus, and I'm the founder of Collabosaurus. And together with Microsoft Store Sydney, we are exploring how collaboration marketing can build a business and we're chatting to the pros about how they do it. Hey everyone, welcome back to This Is How We Do It. I'm your host, Jess Rufus, and I am so excited to be speaking with Ashley Sandal today, who is the Director of Strategic Partnerships at the CFDA, or the Council of Fashion Designers of America, on all things collaborations and partnerships. And during our chat, Ashley was actually wearing the Robert Geller and Felix the Cat collaboration sweatshirt. So it's safe to say that she lives and breathes partnerships as much as I do. Um, And in our conversation, we talk about her first internship at Prada through to heading up partnerships for New York Fashion Week, as well as the CFDA awards honoring the likes of Beyonce and JLo for their influence on fashion culture through to raising much-needed capital for retail, sustainability, and revitalizing the garment district. So Ashley's experience in the partnership space is absolutely incredible, and I hope you enjoy our chat as much as I do. Um, Ashley shares some fantastic insights into the power of collaborations for smaller brands and emerging designers in particular, as well as how ideas bloom thanks to understanding leverage opportunities within a collaboration. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Enjoy. So for everybody listening, are you able to tell us a little bit about the CFDA, which is the Council of Fashion Designers of America? What does the CFDA do and what purpose does it serve in the fashion community and design community? So the CFDA is actually a nonprofit trade organization, and we have 477 members who are some of the most notable um, designers in American fashion. So they are either American born or they head uh, an American based company or creative director from a large brand that is headquartered in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And I think what most people don't realize is the CFDA has a very Um, colorful history, if you will. We were actually founded in 1962 and were instrumental in organizing New York Fashion Week, um, sort of as consumers know it today. 
And I think what I'm most proud of working for an organization like the CFDA is all the things that we do. So we have several initiatives. Um, probably the most pressworthy is the CFDA Fashion Awards. And that's where we come together to honor um, American fashion designers. So we have menswear, women's wear, accessories designer of the year. And then we also select honorees every year. So it could be celebrities or media personalities or journalists who uh, are tastemakers in their own right. And we've honored everyone from Lady Gaga to Beyonce to Jennifer Lopez was last year's uh, CFDA fashion icon. So um, that's always a very fun event to attend. A lot of great people watch. But what people may not know about us is that we have several other initiatives, including the CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund, which was launched after 9-11 to really help emerging designers build their business. And we're now on year 17 of that program, which has actually just pivoted in response to COVID. So we've raised almost $5 million in money that we're currently giving out to not only designers, but retailers and factories. Um, and, and then we have um, what I do as the director of strategic partnerships. We have a whole department that secures partnerships with brands and we look for opportunities for designers who either want to do a collaboration or maybe they are looking for some B2B mentorship or resource that we can help provide them. So those are sort of, that's sort of an overview of everything the CFDA does. That's massive <laughs> and amazing. Like so incredible that um, the CFDA can be involved in so many different touch points with designers. Like so, so brilliant. So um, what does your role at the CFDA involve? You mentioned you're the Director of Partnerships and Strategic Collabs. So what does your day-to-day look like, you know, aside from being best friends with Beyonce, which I'm sure <laughs> has happened? <laughs> I've I've stood by Beyonce. So I'm I'm working on the best friend part, but we we have definitely breathed the same air. So. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yes. So I'm very fortunate. I'm one of um a few people who can probably say that they love their job. And I'm so inspired by my coworkers and all the people I get to interface with on a daily basis, whether it be designers or counterparts um, at some of the brands we work with, putting these things together. Mm-hmm. But basically what um, I do along with um, two amazing girls who are on my team is we seek out opportunities for designers. So it could be, um, you know, someone like a Fitbit that's looking to do a collaboration with an emerging designer. And they come to the CFDA because of the credibility we bring, I think, first and foremost, but also they are looking to support our mission. And through putting a partnership together, they're able to do that um, by making a financial contribution, but then also, you know, working something out with a designer, whether that be a design fee or a rev share. And what I try and do 
is sort of lay the groundwork for what's involved in that partnership, negotiate things ahead of time. So obviously being a membership organization, I first and foremost want to structure things in a way that are beneficial for the participating designers or designers. You know, there's so many people looking to do collaborations, but I think uh, sometimes larger brands who don't really understand how the fashion industry works don't realize that there's so much work that's required. Um, (laughs) And a designer is like, I'm just trying to design now four collections a year and produce a fashion show and then go into market. And then once that's done, I'm back out on the road going to PV, sourcing fabric for the next collection. So, you know, when I work with brands, I try to manage expectations about what is feasible from a designer, iron out responsibilities, you know, who's producing it, who's responsible for distribution, what are the PR requirements? Is there an event involved? And really, hopefully, before we approach anyone to participate, expectations are met and it's beneficial for all parties involved. And then a lot of what I do is also maybe um, helping brands identify the next exciting designer that maybe if it's a big company like Starbucks, They may not have heard of this designer yet, or their consumers may not have heard of this designer, but if they come to me with certain uh, objectives or um, a demographic that they're trying to reach or an age group that they're trying to reach, I'm able to say, well, here's a short list of these brands and designers that are really innovative or they're very committed to sustainability, social impact, whatever that may be and sort of educate them on why these might be a potential great designer to work with. Yeah, and I mean, education definitely needs to happen on both sides, especially if it's not clear. And a lot of brands, I I think, don't realize that time is a currency. You know, time is currency other than cash that you can leverage in a collaboration, but you've got to make sure that it's exchanging for equal value. So I would love to ask, my next question is really, how did you get involved in partnerships in the first place? What got you interested in collaborations in general? Well, I was very fortunate in that I knew, I think from an early age that I wanted to work in fashion. My mother had um, been a model when she was younger in New York and Uh, Even though I grew up in the Midwest, my mom would pick me up from elementary school in Missoni jumpsuits, you know, from the 1970s. (laughs) I knew I loved fashion, but I didn't really want to go to a design school. I didn't want to be a designer. And at the time, I didn't realize that the fashion industry outside of just being a designer, it's a huge industry. It's a huge economic driver. And there's all these careers within the fashion industry, whether it be PR or events or partnerships. So I um, went to university at the University of Michigan and I decided to do a summer internship with Prada. And although oh my I didn't, goodness. Yeah, How fantastic. It was amazing. And I, I was really surprised when I got it because I wasn't coming from very prestigious fashion schools like Parsons or Pratt. But 
uh, Michigan is uh, very notable when it comes to business. And so the the woman who um, I sort of did my internship under, she had her MBA and she really taught me a lot about um, the strategy and the the business side of fashion. So I was fortunate enough to uh, be offered a job before I graduated at John Barbados. And he was really growing his company at the time and was doing very key but selective partnerships as he continued to grow and become more of a household name. So as I progressed uh, my career in New York, I you know worked for John Barbados. I um, worked for Stuart Weitzman. And so I got to learn what brands go through and sort of the um, the ups and downs of, of, of what it is to be a brand or a designer. And then before I started at the CFDA, I worked at American Express. And that was putting together partnerships um, with obviously the, you know, most luxurious brands like Chanel and Balenciaga, Harry Winston. So it was amazing. And American Express has such an incredible history of collaboration. They Mm -hmm. are one of those brands that just do such a fantastic job of partnerships. Yes. And it's really from, it's what the card members come to expect because, you know, these card members have discerning taste and they have a lot of them, you know, are the 1% of the 1%. So they have the the discretionary income, but they're looking for the access and the exclusivity. So working at American Express, I think I really learned how those partnerships come together, the PR value that mm-hmm. comes when sometimes two unexpected brands come together and I was very fortunate to have an incredible relationship with my boss at American Express, who had just been approached at the CFDA. And um, my former boss, Adam, said, sure, I'll come, but I also want to bring my my right hand with me. And, um, you know, I'm very blessed because it worked out. So uh, we... We had, I think, worked together. He just left, unfortunately, but we had worked together for something like eight years. That was really amazing for me at the CFDA because he really let me flourish. And I think that when you have a long history with someone who trusts you and sort of knows your rationale, I was really able to sort of flourish and put together, I think, in my tenure at the CFDA, some sort of unexpected partnerships that I had to do a little bit of selling internally to, you know, get mm-hmm. the final seal of approval. But there are things that when I look back on my career, I'm really proud of and were so exciting to be a part of. Absolutely. Which leads me perfectly to my next question, <laughs> which is about the Kim Shui Fitbit collaboration, which was so cool. Are you able to tell everyone a little bit about what that collaboration was and why it was so successful? Well, I know I referenced it before, but there's an example of a large company, right? They have such a huge reach and they were really looking to sort of showcase a new up and coming, exciting designer. And Kim Shui was relatively new to Fashion Week. And her first couple of collections were so well received. 
And she was just doing something a little bit more innovative. It was like, oh, you know, I haven't seen that on the runway before. Um, And so she designed the Versa 2 watch. And one of my favorite things about that collaboration is at the time, I was also running a shop and shop in Fred Siegel. Mm-hmm. that we were curating with um, just different designers from various CFDA programs. And I thought, oh, you know, I don't have anyone lined up for the shop when the Fitbit is launching with Kim. And wouldn't it be great if we featured Kim in the shop and then we could do, I could approach Fitbit and ask them, would you want to co-opt with this. Like maybe we could do an event. We can talk to Fred Siegel to see if they would be willing to also sell the Fitbit along with Kim's collection. And that's an example of how just things worked out so beautifully. Like we were really able to thread the needle with that. Um, Mm -hmm. So when I think about my job, it's not always about introducing companies to designers. It's also seeing what other synergies do we have going on where we can really amplify something that benefits everyone. For sure. And leverage, you know, like mm-hmm. what can make collaboration so successful is leveraging what's available. I mean, you had that shop opportunity available and it was leveraged to get, you know, amplified reach for the entire campaign. Super clever. Yeah, and it was great for all parties because, you know, Fitbit got to launch this great product, but they also got to partner with a very, you know, notable and desirable retailer in Fred Siegel. And then Fred Siegel got to have access to Kim's ready-to-wear collection, but also this limited edition item. So it's great when those things happen and we can all work together collectively to really make sure that a collaboration is successful. Pardon the interruption. I'm popping in with a quick tip when it comes to brand collaborations, and that is it's not all about Instagram. So we work with over 7,000 brands on Collabosaurus, and this question comes up a lot about, I don't know if I have a large enough Instagram following, for example. But as you've probably heard in this episode, there are so many other ways that you can add and exchange value in a collaboration. It's often just about getting creative. So you can get started for free and get match made with really cool collaboration opportunities on Collabosaurus. We would love to have you and I've popped the link in the show notes. I'd love to talk about product collaboration specifically because I think that's sort of one of the most popular types of collaboration that people's minds go to when they think of a partnership, particularly with designers. There's a beautiful collaboration between and I'm hope, hopefully going to pronounce this right, Perrier Jouet and yeah. Prabal Garang. Uh, okay, I'm close. <laughs> the <laughs> champagne flute collaboration. Are you able to give everyone a little bit of an idea of what that looked like and, you know, how it was a bit different from some of the other designer collaborations you've been involved in in the past? Yeah, absolutely. So the CFDA, we already had an existing relationship with Perrier Jouet. Um, They are our preferred champagne partner, and we serve them at uh, CFDA awards. So as we've worked with them year over year, I think there's always 
you know, a desire to say, how can we make this year's CFDA awards a little different? How can we work together in a larger way that deepens our storytelling together? And so they have a wonderful vintage that we serve at CFDA awards called the Belle Epoque, and it is a rosé. It's one of my favorites. So I recommend it to anyone, especially during, um, you know, if you're quarantined at home and you really want to treat yourself. Um, yeah, self-care. Hashtag self-care, self-care. everybody. And um, so we engaged Prabal Garang to design a limited editions champagne flute that went with the bottle of PJ, but also was debuted tabletop at CFDA Awards. And I think that probably was a natural choice for this partnership because as a designer, he himself has come through several CFDA programs, including our incubator program when he was first starting out and uh, CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund. And now he's actually a CFDA board member. So that really goes to show you the life cycle of a designer and all the ways that Um, the CFDA is able to touch them as an organization. It's something I think we're all really proud of. And And I mean, the CFDA in itself is just such an incredible network, you know, in itself Mm -hmm. for a designer to also tap into from an exposure perspective. Absolutely. So Prabhul did uh, his interpretation of the PJ flower and it was just gorgeous. I mean, the you know, they're hand-painted flutes. And then we were able to do some gifting to CFDA nominees and honorees. It was available for consumers to purchase, but its debut was at the CFDA Awards. In your opinion, uh, what's the biggest benefit for businesses and especially designers when it comes to teaming up with other brands? You mentioned the PR value, Mm -hmm. but I'd love to hear more about where you see the benefit lying. Well, I think that definitely one of the first is the PR and the exposure that a collaboration can bring, especially if it's a well-established sort of mass brand that is working with an emerging designer. And I also think that some of the most successful partnerships that I've been a part of haven't always been the biggest revenue driver, or maybe they were very limited, but the designer themselves were very passionate um, Mm -hmm. about the product. Or um, I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, we've had a great partnership with Barbie and uh, we, <laughs> we did an interview. We did an interview with um, the marketing team at Barbie <laughs> that that's on this podcast um, about their collaborations and all of that kind of thing in Australia. And Barbie is another one of those incredible legacy brands that do an incredible job with partnerships. So, what did that yeah. one involve? So, we actually honored um, Barbie a few years ago at the CFDA Awards. And Uh it wasn't so much that it was like a collaboration that went to market, but we do honoree and tribute videos for, you know, everyone who received the CFDA award. And when I went to work on putting that video together, so many designers were like, that's how I knew I wanted to be a fashion designer is I would make, um, 
you know, one of a kind pieces for my Barbie. And a few of them, like Zach Posen and Vera Wang, had actually collaborated with Barbie previously. So when we went to shoot the interview, you know, Vera had her Barbie sitting on her knee and uh, <laughs> reminiscing about, you know, what it was like to, to, to do uh, a Vera Wang Barbie. And I know myself, Growing up, I was a Barbie fanatic. I think I had something like oh, two hundred yeah. Barbies, and oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah. Do you see the Airbnb and Barbie Malibu Dreamhouse collaboration? Yes, I did, and so clever. Uh, well, once uh, we're able to travel again, it's you know something that I would love to experience firsthand because. That's a great example of, again, you, who would have thought that Barbie and Airbnb would collaborate? But yeah. uh, once they announced it, so many people were just, you know, it hits sort of a nostalgia for us who Absolutely. remember the Barbie dream house when we were yeah. little. I know, I know. It's unexpected, but I think it makes so much sense once you can see the brands together. It's like, oh, you know, that le- legacy nostalgia, you know, brand alignment for Airbnb really allows them to tell a story, whereas Barbie partnering up with Airbnb allows them to, you know, again, be represented in that really modern context and create a really fantastic experience around the brand. I think it's such a great example. I think we also interviewed Diane von Furstenberg, who also had a Barbie. And when we aired the video uh, as part of CFDA Awards, it just, you know, in the room, you have all these super famous people, right? And then there's sort of a unique experience of people from all over, all different decades, when they grew up, all were like, yeah, oh my God, Barbie. And I loved Barbie so much. And we put the video on YouTube and it, it was great to see how many people were viewing it and commenting on it. You know, I think at the time there was a few questions of like, well, Barbie's not a real person. Why would you honor her at the CFDA Awards? And the answer to that is she's been instrumental in, I think, inspiring people to, you know, follow their passion of becoming a fashion designer. In some ways, she was the first model that anyone ever dressed. And rightfully so, the there had been some criticism of, you know, Barbie from several years ago was a maybe not an accurate representation, but I think the brand has done immensely wonderful things of their body inclusivity and the diversity and that now girls can, you know, go to the store and they can pick a Barbie who looks more like them. You know, it's not the the idyllic quote unquote blonde Barbie anymore. It's Barbie represents what our culture looks like. And I think that the, as a brand, they're very committed to to pushing that forward year over year. And so, yeah, a little girl now can be like, oh, not only can I dress a Barbie or a boy for that matter, a little girl or boy can, can create clothes for a Barbie, but they can also dress a model that hopefully represents the future of fashion as we as a society be, are more inclusive. Mm. And for, in a collaboration sense, I think Barbie 
provides such a vehicle for storytelling that mm-hmm. is super powerful. And so for smaller brands looking to get started with partnerships, because you work with so many emerging designers and you can see partnerships from the angle of where the benefit lies for both a large brand and a small brand, do you have any tips for brands looking to get started, particularly if they're a bit smaller? Yeah, I would say obviously collaborations can be an easy money grab, but you really have to think about the long term. Is this something that you believe in? Is it a product that you yourself use and love? Because I think that the market in recent years has been so flooded with collaborations. And now there's a bit more of a conscience consumerism that's happening. So consumers are savvy and they can kind of tell if this is just some large marketing ploy and they're really looking Mm -hmm. for product that has meaning. And also around sustainability, I don't think there's a need anymore to just make stuff for the sake of putting more product out to the world. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important for brands to, to realize that you know, they need to protect their identity as part of this too. So if you're working with a large corporation that's just trying to leverage your cool factor for PR play, you know, is that worth it to you? Or is this something that allows you to maybe play in a new product category or produce product that's at a price point that's outside of what you normally do for your inline collection? I think those type of things make uh, a collaboration worthwhile. For sure. I think you're so right in that we are so savvy as consumers now and it's pretty easy to pick when something's not an authentic collaboration and you've got to really have a look at what the brand values are and whether that alignment is going to serve you long term, not just as like a, a quick a quick little thing um, that you can do to pull together some revenue really quickly. So, I mean, I love as well in one of my conversations with Vogue Australia in this podcast, they were talking about how sustainability is such a huge focus from a collaboration perspective moving forward. And they've already, you know, looked to collaborate with uh, leading brands in that sustainable space who are really contributing to that conversation and they're collaborating and partnering up with those brands to figure out how they can sort of better improve. Um, They did a really fantastic uh, Frank Green partnership, Vogue Australia, for their Vogue Codes event last year Mm -hmm. where everyone got um, a Keep Cup. But the story behind that Vogue Keep Cup was incredible and there was such a beautiful, yeah, like brand storytelling behind that. So, um, Awesome to be looking at the meaning, I think, really important. And so, I mean, yeah, the the Reformation New Balance uh, collaboration that launched recently, I think, is an excellent example. um, Yes, I love that one. And there's also a lot of times, I think, some information sharing that happens, right? So, you know, potentially for New Balance, being able to work with Reformation and their product development team, you know, maybe they learn some best practices around sustainability that they'll be able to utilize. So sometimes there's a intrinsic value that happens behind the scenes when these collaborations where you just have very talented and creative people who get into a room and, you know, start riffing. And um, I think that's valuable for for both parties. And also you end up with a much better product 
once it's yeah. launched. Absolutely. So my final question for you, um, which I can't believe this time has gone so quickly. <laughs> my final question for you, what are your predictions for collaborations and partnerships in the coming months? You know, things have already changed so much with this pandemic. But I'd love to hear your thoughts around what's happening in the partnership space, you know, in the coming months and also in 2021. Yeah, I think, you know, going back to what I said previously, I think that companies and designers are being more mindful. Um, I think that was happening pre-COVID of, you know, not just making stuff for the sake of making stuff. And now obviously COVID unfortunately has had such a um, drastic impact on the economy, but specifically retail. I mean, retail is one of, um, I think along with hospitality has been probably some of the hardest hit industries. Um, And I think that consumers, especially now, are going to be much more selective and they're really looking for some sort of meaning behind a collaboration. So whether that's now a philanthropic tie-in, in general, I think society is just being more thoughtful uh, I will say, though, personally, in years past, I've been guilty of getting sort of caught up in the frenzy of when a collaboration launched. And <laughs> uh, I've been fortunate enough to attend launch parties for uh, most of the Target collaborations and the H&M ones. And, you know, some of the stuff like the H&M Balma that was incredible. I still wear those jackets. They look, uh, you know, from far away, they look almost identical as uh, the normal line. And Target has Love Shack Fancy coming up in. Yes. I can't wait for that. I'm setting my Oh my gosh. I can't wait for that either. Yes. I'm so excited. So I think, you know, those collaborations will always have a place because they're, huge brands that are oftentimes not accessible to the average person. And, um, you know, a a collaboration with a Target or an H&M makes it possible for a lot more people to have access to that design aesthetic. And so I think those things will always be relevant. It's sort of looking at the smaller, um, more obscure collaborations that I think consumers are going to be like, am I going to love this in two years? Am I going to love this six months from now? Or am I just caught in some sort of frenzy that there's only a hundred of these sneakers that are being made? (laughs) (laughs) I have friends who get very caught up. Yes. And they buy every sneaker like that's ever limited edition. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much for your time, Ashley. I really appreciate it. Um, and thank, and it's, you know, really late at night over in Michigan. So I appreciate you taking the time out of hours. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be a part of it. And I absolutely love what you do. I think it's so valuable for both companies and um, consumers just to kind of hear the inside out secrets of what goes into a collaboration. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That's lovely.